Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 5, Radio Days. Mary, what happened this week? Dan is the TA in Andrea and Donna's English class. He assigns the class a 10-word sentence on what they learned in boating school. No, wait, a 10-sentence <laughs> essay about their entire life. Andrea works super hard on hers, choosing to write about her experience choosing Grandma Rose and not debt over Yale. Dan catches her working too hard on her 10-sentence essay and makes her leave to go have fun. Dan reads Andrea's essay in the next class and tells everyone she sounds like a robot. Then he asks Donna to read her essay for the class. She wrote about various shoes she owned over the course of growing up. Dan tells Andrea the lesson was about learning to write in your own voice. Then he asks her to dinner. Donna and David are still super tired from their overnight radio shifts, but David is handling it much less responsibly than Donna is. Donna is so exhausted, she's entirely rethinking her commitment to the show. She tells David she wants to quit, and David gets mad. Donna goes to the station to quit. Instead, she's thrown on the air as a substitute for a no-show. She does a great job and is told she gets to keep the time slot, but no, David can't come. Dylan and Brenda have romantic poetry class together and learn about all the kinds of rhythm. Brenda tries to get a job. She interviews to work at Maxwell's with Celeste and at a production assistant job that turns out to just be a daycare center. Jim tells Brenda she can work at his office. At first she says no, but then she says yes. Jim gives her an assignment. Deliver this envelope before 9 p.m. Brenda says, yeah, sure. Let me do that right after I go to this pool party. Steve has KEG parties to plan and can't study. He also wants to break up with Celeste because other girls exist, but he can't get himself to do it because he really likes her. Instead, he invites her to the KEG pool party. John follows Kelly home to give her flowers and say, I respect that you're in a relationship, but no, I will not stop pursuing you. See you at the pool party. Kelly tells Dylan he's selfish for wanting to go to a Jack Kerouac lecture instead of the pool party. At the pool party, Celeste gets mad at Steve for flirting with Leslie and ignoring her to talk to his new brothers. Dylan does show up at the party only to find John glued to Kelly's side. David is so mad at Donna for leaving him to do late night radio alone that he turns down a dance contest. Donna asks Brenda to help, and she does so by convincing David to dance with her. They win somehow, and Brenda and Donna push David into the pool. He pulls them in after him. And everyone ends up in the water. The Walshes give Steve ice cream to cope with his feelings about Celeste. Turns out he likes her too much to really want to break up, but also doesn't know how to not be shitty. Jim tells Steve to tell Celeste how he feels. Everybody gets to make one mistake. Jim wishes he didn't say those words because Brenda forgot to do the one thing she needed to do before 9pm. David forgives Donna. It's not like she got to keep the afternoon slot anyway because that slot was occupied by the radio station boss's girlfriend and they decided not to break up after all. David asks Donna to come back to her usual spot and she says fuck no I'm tired. John shows up at Kelly's again to be annoying. She tells him to leave her alone and then kisses him. Every boy <laughs> in this episode sucks. Except Brandon. But and that's what's so weird. Like it's like they kind of they tone down Brandon in order to, like, give other people arguably an equal share of the screen time. And it really helped. 
Well, yeah, because then every time Brandon spoke, it was like high quality content. <laughs> like there's several things I wrote down that he did and or said that I'm like, who is this man? <laughs> I know. Like, I mean, the first time you even see him, I don't even know that he talks so like anyway, <laughs> the episode starts in the beach apartment because it's the first day of classes and Donna looks like a zombie. And I love that Kelly like walks into the bathroom and is like, coffee? That's the ideal roommate. And that's the ideal situation is if I'm dragging someone just like delivers me coffee. Like, yes, I will. Thank you very much. I used the coffee mug that Mary made me for Christmas when we were roommates today. That's adorable. I'm jealous. It's so cute. <laughs> I still have it, and I still love it. All I have are store-bought coffee cups. <laughs> I will make you one this year, Caitlin. What? Are we doing a back-to-Christmas exchange? Oh, my God. We, we should. should. <sighs> yes. I dig it. Let's do that. Perfect. Uh, but, yeah, like, she's dragging Kelly. I also love Kelly. Like, she takes the sip of coffee, and Kelly's like, do I need to work on the recipe? It's like, it's water. And beans. You just dump, dump, turn on. <laughs> and, like, it's all measured for you. It's like, here's your little scoop. Mm-hmm. The water lines are there. But, hey, but she cares and she's taking constructive feedback to make Donna's life better. And that's all that matters. <laughs> Ooh. What if Kelly is, like, so excited for college and school and, like, all this stuff and she's, like getting a French press and she's going to start learning how to make espresso. She's been to Europe recently. True. Oh, Maybe that's something else you mentioned though was like Kelly being excited about school. Like literally she's like, oh my gosh, it's the first day of school. I was like, Kelly, since when are you excited about school? But it's college now. <laughs> Everyone should be excited except David because he doesn't care. Like, it is the first day of school, and David is already skipping classes. I know. He doesn't even, like, want to attempt to go to college. Yeah. And, like, he is just a slob in this entire episode. Like, they talk about how he's making messes in the kitchen. His room is disgusting. He has a mattress on the floor. Okay, to be fair, I had a mattress on the floor until I was, like, 22. Yeah, but you're not David. I am not David. I did clean up after myself. <laughs> did not leave messes in my roommate's kitchen. Yeah, his room is gross. He's being a bum. Already skipping school, like so silly. Um, and one thing I noticed, which we we're about we're about to get there, but it just jumped right into the episode. And I'm like, where's my montage? Where's my like thirty seconds long of get me through the opening credits? I just spoke too soon. That's all. I should have never doubted them because then we get one. Like, Andrea is already running around. Steve has a briefcase and is lost. And the only one who knows where to go or how to get there is our boy, Brandon, which is fine. That makes sense. But I just had to wait a minute. I don't know what I was thinking. But of course, Brandon knows exactly where he's going. But I think, like, we don't actually get to see Brandon go where he's going. We just see him on the staircase. Right. He's on the staircase. Steve has a briefcase. Donna has, oh, man, I was trying to think of something else to fit in there that rhymed, but I couldn't. It's okay. Don but Donna is a basket case because she's not sleeping. Hmm, that's fair. I don't know. That's all I got. No, that's good. Donna's a basket case, and Andrea 
and Donna have English glaze. <laughs> English. English. That's English. Oh, got it. It was right there. But yeah, so they're in school together. In school. They're in class together. Um, and they just walk in to go sit down and bum, bum, bum. We see Dan, who is no longer sweaty or on a bike. I know. He, like, wears real clothes. And turns and- out he's their TA. From RA to TA. Ooh, I like that. I didn't pick that up. But I love that Donna – so I like that they're mixing it up, that Donna and Andrea have their English class together. And then I like that Brenda and Dylan have their English class together, which isn't really mixing it up, but, like, I'm hoping we're pretty solidly in the friend zone with the two of them. Mm-hmm. So I was okay with it until the professor announced it was romantic poetry. Because of course it is. Like, it shouldn't work. And to be fair, I feel like Dylan looked a little pretentious in this class. But like him sitting right next to Brenda and being like, it's all about the rhythm and snapping. I was like, oh, why is that working for me? (laughs) Why do I still have my clothes on? (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, where did my pants go? I'm watching TV. Oh, yeah, and he's got, like, a slight haircut, you know, so I, I mean, I get it, is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) No, I mean, like, Dylan is very much, like, the pretentious college student of, like, I found my people that finally know who Emile Brewster is and Jack Kerouac. He's Sean Hunter, like, is he, uh, he's rich Sean Hunter, that's who he is. Oh God! Is someone gonna get him to join a cult later by hugging him? Maybe. I mean, that boy needs a hug. So, oh my God! I really need Brandon and Dylan to recreate Corey and Sean being like, "No, Dylan, this is a hug." Except they date. I mean, shows need gays. <laughs> I will say it every time. I've said it once. I'll say it again. <laughs> God, uh, seriously, though, could you imagine a Brandon and Dylan relationship? It would be extremely hostile. Like, (laughs) (laughs) think of the emotions. It would have all of the drama of Dilda, but also way more cheesy, goofy, bro-y moments where they're doing handshakes and high fives and saying dumb stuff because they're buddies. I I, kind of ship it. Right? Like, I'm actually just sitting here trying to think of, like, would this improve Brandon's kissing? I feel like Dylan wouldn't put up with this shit like all of these girls keep doing. I agree. I think Dylan would take the lead on that. I don't know, though, because here's the problem. (laughs) As one who has analyzed the kissing on this show, Dylan... He doesn't eat the face, but he sure does open the mouth, and he loves some tongue. So does Brandon. Which, like, okay, that could work together. I do wonder. Like, I just picture Dylan would probably be a little more dominant of a personality. So, like, if Brandon started trying to eat his face, he'd be like, hold on, buddy. How does this feel? And then do it back to him and be like, you don't like that, do you? 
Oh my god. Don't do that. Okay, you're so right. And like Brandon's shorter. So That's I what I mean. Like Dylan has <laughs> to have a bigger mouth just because he's a bigger human being. To be like, no, I will I will control this. <laughs> I just now can't get that image out of my head. <laughs> it's college. It's time to experiment. I mean, yeah. Well, and like it, that kind of segues into the next scene because the next thing we see is Steve talking about how he wants to break up with Celeste because there's so many girls around and he doesn't want to be tied down. Yeah, and we know Steve is a flirt. Like we know this, but like we I swear, it's still walking that like fine line of we have to make Steve good enough and cute enough to make people like him, but then we have to constantly remind you that he's not perfect, that he's not like he's a typical dude like you know like there's the weird juxtaposition of him actually being a good person and still being kind of a scumbag so and this was definitely like scumbag heavy like I'm gonna be honest I don't have good things to say about Steve in this episode I don't either I mean we can just kind of list them right like he doesn't tell Celeste about the pool party and she finds out from Brenda, which is the next scene. And then he kind of has been like jerking her along because he like makes out with her and is like all lovey when he's with her. And then, you know, flirting a bunch when he's not with her. And then she's literally there at the pool party. He's not even excited to see her. And then he, he gets like mad at her for not letting him. I guess flirt and be around other people and be with it. He says be with his brothers, but we all know he's trying to like, we don't even see him with his brothers. Like he's just chilling, hanging out, flirting with all these other women. And then he like talks later about how he understands what he did, but it's not like he can change. Yeah. I mean, there's literally like maybe a two second scene where he's sitting with what I assume are his fraternity brothers. And then Celeste is sitting by herself at the pool party because he has made no effort to introduce her to all of his friends. And then, yeah, that's when she's just like, oh, well, go dance with this girl. Bye. And then yeah. he gets mad at her for leaving. It doesn't make any sense. And Celeste deserves better. But she's working at the clothing store that Brenda is trying to get a job at because Brenda wants some money, clearly. And she that's basically when Celeste finds out that she doesn't know about the pool party and potentially that Steve might break up with her. Cause that's just an indicator. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like if Steve is not telling her about this kind of stuff and like he's joining a fraternity, that's going to have parties all the time. And she's already been, you know, kind of rightfully jealous from, you know, back when they were at the beach and the girl who taught him how to kiss was there. <laughs> uh huh. But I mean, like, I mean, spoiler alert, I guess. At the end, Steve uh, goes to the uh, Maxwell's and somehow convinces her to forgive him. And I don't know why she did it. It's the puppy dog eyes. Because I wrote in my notes, he actually has good puppy dog eyes. Like, I was a little distracted and didn't hear everything he said because I was like, oh, this boy looks sad. Like, that... That would work, probably. I mean, we'd have to talk about it later, but, like, in the moment, it'd probably work. 
no. I hate how cute his stupid face is. Yeah, he's so good at making that face, like, looking all sad and dejected and just like, but pity me. <laughs> you want to keep kissing me. Do it. It's fine. <laughs> just, uh, I'm weak for that shit and I hate it. Right? And, like, even when we know he's being a scumbag and he's planning to break up with her, when they're, like, at his house later making out and he's just like, do you remember when we first met? It's like, stop it. I know what you're thinking. He just, yeah, he does a good job of kind of, like, reeling you back in. Again, reminding you, like, hey, this is why you're into me. Forget all the bullshit I do on a regular basis. This is why you're into me. And... I don't like it. I know. Uh, Speaking of things that we don't like this episode because we get two back to back. Um, basically, Donna is upset. And by upset, I just mean tired. Um, she's getting frustrated just because, like, the you know, she can't sleep ever. The show's getting to her. Now that school started, she knows she's going to have a lot of homework and classes to deal with. And then plus the sorority and all that kind of stuff. But she goes in to talk to David when she goes to get barbecue sauce, I think, because they're grilling mm-hmm. or something. And she's like, hey, you know, I kind of am not as into this as you are. And because he gets all mad that, like, she's not giving him input on the playlist or some stuff. And she's like, yeah, I'm just, you know, this isn't really for me. I kind of don't want to do this. And he's like, what? And goes all, like, Hulk on her and, like, gets super angry. And I'm like, dude, stop being so dramatic. Like, what? what is wrong with you? Truly, they make David seem like a child in these episodes. Like, Mm -hmm. I get kind of where he's coming from of her, like, backing out two weeks into doing it. But he's always known that she's been less interested in this than him. And he's always had a complex about these radio shows. And, like, seriously, it's a lot of work if he's trying to come up with playlists for a nightly radio show that's four hours long. Yeah, and to be quite honest like you mentioning the graveyard shift hours it's like are do people really care that much like should you be putting in this much effort because my answer is no like yeah put in effort but don't put any more than like you think you need to and yeah I just I also think like you just mentioned he always had a complex of Donna being on the show too but yet it very much seems like he needs her like I think he's lashing out because he's like no 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 no. we're a team we got to do this together you're the reason I have a show. So while he's insecure, he's also like, I need you. Yeah, it's a very good, like, tangible thing of, like, he needs to grow up. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like, he needs to grow up and get over it. Like, he literally needs to grow up. He needs to realize that he needs to pick up after himself. He can't leave the kitchen a mess because he's pissing everybody else off. He can't be skipping his classes And, you know, he can't be starting fights over the radio show that he wanted in the first place. Yeah, exactly. This was like his whole goal. And he got super pumped about having any radio show. So, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, bro. No, I don't think there's a win here other than Donna needs to quit because it is not bringing her joy. And he needs to step up and prove that he can handle the shift on his own. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. How else is he going to get the afternoon shift? He keeps saying, we'll get the afternoon shift if we prove that we can do this. Right. And all David's really proven is that he can play songs, but he can't really do the material in between. 
So yeah. Anywho, and so if that wasn't enough to be frustrated about, in walks John Sears, who is Dan Scott, and I'll just remind everyone he's Dan Scott. And um, I'm sorry, John Sears like didn't formally have Kelly's address because she's like, "Hey, bro, what you doing here? How do you know where I lived?" And he says something. <laughs> so creepy he's like oh i followed you home what like stranger danger like we are not supposed to be concerned by this i followed you like at least if you're gonna follow her be like hey kelly i'm walking this way too like, <laughs> it's just loudly behind her <laughs> yeah. keep walk keep doing what you're doing i'm just back here it's fine <laughs> don't don't worry about me i'm still here I, I just see you. It's you don't have to say hi. Just keep going. Keep keep walking. I'm just making sure you get home okay. Yeah. Oh, you're like with five other people. I'm making sure everybody gets home okay. Yeah, it's not about you, Kelly. Come on. <laughs> Except it totally like, uh, he's honestly. I don't know why we're supposed to care about this like love triangle between Kelly Dillon and John Sears that they're building up to because he says things like, you know. I know you have a boyfriend, and you know I don't give up easily. I hope this clears things up. It's like, not at all. No, yeah. it really didn't. Yeah, he's being that kind of persistent that, like, for so, so long, people view as, like, oh, my God, he must really like me, or he must be so into me. And I totally understand, like, how people used to think like that. But now it's like, no, that's somebody taking not taking no for an answer. Like, I have a boyfriend. I'm not interested in you. Please stop following me and stop talking to me. That should be it. End of discussion. That's not like, no, what I'm really telling you is to keep doing that because I think it's cute. Like, no, that's not what that means. No, and that's totally true. Like, I know it's still pretty prevalent in pop culture to be like, oh, if she says no, you're just supposed to push harder. You're, you have to wear her down. She wants to be chased and all this stuff. And I'm sitting here like, I've literally never wanted to be chased. No. Like, if I like you, I'll say yes. Well, and I think there's a there's a difference, too, because, like, it's almost like I want to be chased more by my boyfriend that I'm in a relationship with. Like, if that makes sense. Like, I want you to constantly, like, give me affirmation here. Like, I would rather me play a little hard to – not hard to get because you've gotten me, but, like, me be a little standoffish and you come get me, right? But not by a person I don't want attention from. Well, and this is a really good point that I didn't think about earlier of, like, it might not even be that Kelly wants to be chased, but it's, like, Dylan is doing nothing. Like, they've only been in a relationship for, you know, what, a little over a year at this point? Because they got together while Brenda was in Paris last season. And he has just gotten comfortable. Like, he doesn't go to parties with her. He doesn't you know, do things with her in between classes. Like, they don't go to the same campus events. They barely see each other. Like, we don't see them together. Mm -hmm. So it's not even, I think, that Kelly wants to be chased. It's like she's not turning down this attention from John because she wants attention, which totally makes sense. But it's like, this is not where it should come from. John needs to take a hint, and Dylan also needs to take a hint. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's like classic signs of I'm gonna cheat on my boyfriend thing too what she she does she ends up doing but yeah it's like th that's like the okay 
just full disclosure, I do not condone cheating. I don't like it. I hate when it's a storyline. I just break up. Yeah. Like I can never imagine doing that to somebody that I care about or claim to care about. However, I recently watched the latest season of Insecure and just like quick thing is this couple was together for a really, really long time. It got to be very like kind of stuck in a rut, very routine, not a lot of excitement, all that stuff. So eventually the girl cheats on the guy. It's very messy. Then it's like a couple years later, they meet up again. They start talking. They're like friends again. And and basically he asks her like, they have a talk. They they figure out like what happened? What caused this? What did I do? What did you do? Like all this stuff. And she basically explains that classic thing of you weren't giving me attention. Like you weren't loving me. You weren't in it. And I liked the attention I got elsewhere. And again, I do not condone cheating. (laughs) Fully believe you should just break up with the person if you're even thinking about cheating. But I can at least understand that kind of feeling of helplessness in the situation where, yeah, it is really nice to actually get attention from somebody that you're not getting from your partner. So again, not condoning it. I just get it. Yeah. And I like... The more we talk about it, I get this feeling of, like, kind of helplessness about it of, like, you know, we got together. It was something I always wanted. I almost destroyed my friendship with my best friend over this. Like, we had this whirlwind romance. We went to Europe together, and then we went through this, like, change of going to college, and now he's not doing the things I want to do. This other guy is showing me attention, but I went through so much to get Dylan that I can't leave. Yeah. It's like, what was it all for? Yeah. To just like end up like this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I mean, I, I hate it. And John Sears has a stupid face and he's a stalker. He's really creepy. He just keeps showing up in her life and she's just in a place that she's accepting the attention and I don't like it. Yeah. she. Yeah. He's a legit stalker. Um, Not taking hope for an answer. Like it's, it's annoying. God, I just see nothing but Dan Scott and I'm going to say that forever until he's not on the show anymore. So oh, I hope he's not here for a while. I'm sure he is, but I don't want it. I'm, tired. <laughs> I'm already tired of him. <laughs> he's okay. Who are you tired of more or who do you, who would you, would you rather have on the show? John Sears, Gil. Ew. <laughs> I guess John Sears is actually new pain in my ass. <laughs> But, it, but then Gil's the devil you know. No, I still just don't like him. Yeah, that's fair. I would pick John Sears too. Mostly because, <laughs> like, I just love that Dan Scott's on another show. I also just hate that we've gotten so comfortable calling him Gil. Oh, my God. That was the first time I called him Gil. <laughs> I didn't even didn't realize. realize. <laughs> he said at the beginning of the season, call me Gil. And now you're like, okay. <laughs> That's my name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> oh, it's actually, I feel like talking about Gail is kind of a good segue into the next scene because it's Brandon talking about like, I don't know, some lecture that he went to or like something prompted him to go to the newspaper, to the library and look up newspaper on like the microfiche. And it's like, yeah, I read what happened in the New York Times on the day that the Gettysburg address happened, which I actually tried to look it up and I have no idea what he was talking about. 
He's like, you should have heard what they read wrote about this guy. Politics, man. But honestly, Brandon, this episode seemed so lonely. Like he was just kind of bouncing around, you know, bebopping between the pool party and and home and whatnot. But he wasn't really like hanging out with people. And I was like, is Brandon like starving for attention a little bit? <laughs> I think he is. I mean, you think about it. His friends are joining Greek life or getting jobs or you know, they've got the radio show and Brandon is just like, I'm not going to join the newspaper this time. I'm not going to join Greek life. I thought about politics, but I'm not going to do it. So like he's not engaging in groups. Brandon could also be one that gets pulled into a cult. Oh, he's so the type. Oh, but the moment. Oh, my God. Seriously, he'd still be the Corey. The moment he found out that it was a cult, he'd just start yelling at everyone. <laughs> Which would honestly be amazing, and I would I would pay to see that. Yeah. I think I would, too. <laughs> but Brenda's not getting paid because she can't get a job. Right. And then, again, it's another thing that Brandon's not doing because he's like, why don't you go to the peach pit? Because I don't have my job there anymore. Do you want a job? You can have my job. And she's like, I don't want to be a singing whatever she said. Because he calls her Lavoine. <laughs> I know. So oh good. God. But yeah, she doesn't want to, uh, for some reason, she doesn't, well, she goes into this like mini diatribe on jobs and is just like, well, they don't pay anything anyway. And then what am I doing in school? I'm going to get this four year degree and then still not have a job. And I'm like, okay, Brenda, college is really making you cynical, but not <laughs> wrong. Like, <laughs> you're not supposed to think this the first week of classes. Exactly. You just started this. But you know, then, which I found interesting is that Jim's like, well, hey, they're, you know, kind of need like a new, I guess it's more like an executive assistant or something like that at his accounting job firm place. I don't. And, <laughs> and she initially is like, um, no, dad, that sounds lame. And I was just a little surprised that he even like offered it to her. <laughs> I could have easily seen the scene go, Cindy be like, well, hey, Jim, isn't isn't your firm place location hiring or something? And he's like, Cindy, we are hiring, but you, you need two years of college. Like you were there. I, I, yeah, now I'm just picturing Jim being like, well, I'm sorry that you're so unqualified for anything, Brenda, but you really should have thought of this in high school. You yeah. should have been like Brandon. Exactly. Honestly, you know, Brandon's peach pit skills are much need more needed <laughs> at my accounting firm location place than any of your, what was it, you did that one summer acting? <laughs> it would have been amazing if, yeah, Cindy was like, hey, uh, Jim, didn't you say that your most recent admin left and you have an open position? He'd be like, yeah, Brandon, what are you doing? <laughs> but like, okay, I just want to say I did not really pay attention to any conversations happening in this scene because when Brandon leans over and that chain flies out it's just like oh no I don't know what chain it was was it just a solid chain yeah it was just a little one but like mm. it felt very prevalent like it was like it was lit and not Brandon <laughs> I mean honestly like Jason Priestley like probably in the off season or whatever was like Hey, let's talk about my wardrobe. Can I go from Zach Morris preppy to AC Slater this season? Because there's a particular outfit. I think it was later on where he's like totally AC Slater up in here. 
and definitely not preppy. But yeah, the chain, you know, goes along with the haircut and the the kind of rebel where he's not joining. He's not a follower. He's just a meander. And No, Brandon is redefining himself in college. And I'm not sure I'm for like I'm kind of for it. But the chain, I don't like the haircut. I don't think it's good. And they, like, I know this show made a big deal about haircuts and changing haircuts. So, like, he's stuck with this. I do not expect it to change anytime soon. Which is so interesting because, like, there's something at some point that I've seen kind of showing the differences between all the seasons. They show the haircut and the sideburns in particular and, like, especially for the boys. And because I feel like Dylan... And Brandon have the most changes to their haircuts slash facial hair. But yet, yeah, they tend to just like they choose something and then they just go with it for a really long time. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I haven't fully committed to most of the hairstyles in this season. Yeah, like that's fair. To continue my amazing segues, case in point, Andrea's hair. She looks so old. Yeah. Like, what they have done to her is criminal. She looks like a mom. And, like, I know that, like, the mom shorts were really popular in the 90s, but, like, none of the other girls dress like this. I know. They're all in, like, crop tops and short shorts and all that. And Andrea's like, oh, class, shall we get gather outside? (laughs) Yeah, like, I swear, when she walks in, people are just like, oh, are you the professor? Oh, whose mother are you? (laughs) Are are you a continuing education student? Do you need help down the stairs, (laughs) ma'am? Here's a magnifying glass to help you read the tiny, tiny text. (laughs) Ma'am, the library's over there. I said over there. (laughs) What was? The library! <laughs> oh. oh, I'm so sorry, Gabrielle Carteris. I it's we mean not, no harm. <laughs> that's the thing. It's not her fault. Like, I know that she's, like, in her 30s, but, like, I don't know. It's got to have been part of the culture and, like, the style back then. But, like, we don't look this old. Like, they put her in, like, cake makeup and gave her a mom blowout and, like, put the big shorts on her like they really leaned into making her look old i'm just thinking if like andrea accidentally stumbled into jim and cindy's closet (laughs) no oh my gosh she is definitely like cindy wanted a fresh wardrobe now that they thought they were going to be empty nesters and andrea's just like i need pants I have some pieces I think would go lovely with it. And yeah, now all of a sudden she's dressing like a mom of twins who's been married for 20 years. She's wearing the outfit that screams, I love recycling. <laughs> yeah. She really, really does. And it's like, I guess they maybe they're doing that because like in this conversation with Donna, first of all, The fact that Donna thinks she's being selfish is just breaking my heart because she is so not. And I think a lot of that's coming from David being so mean to her. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I'll come back to that. But I think what they're trying to do, maybe this is on purpose, maybe it's not. But, like, 
Donna pretty much calls out Andrea for like being into older dudes and she's not wrong. She was into the she like she has receipts. I know. She's like the theater guy, Mr. Myers, and then now Dan, Dan the RATA man. And she ain't wrong. She's not wrong. When she wrote when she said that I wrote, "Oh god, Andrea does have a thing for teachers." Andrea, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But she does. She wants that like more mature intellectually emotionally all of that because she ain't gonna get it from brandon she maybe could have had it with steve if she would ever freaking explore that but i mean i think the other thing that i'm starting to get with andrea's character is like she does she's attracted to authority but like she's also attracted to people that talk down to her so it's not even like authority it's that like they act like they're better than her. Yeah, and the only, like, authority that comes in is the fact that they're not at the same level in life as she is, right? They're in a different life stage. So yeah. she's like, ooh. Yeah, because, I mean, to kind of, like, get ahead and, you know, Mary talked about this in her synopsis, and really this is the only other thing that happens with this, is at the end of the episode, or, like, I guess later in the episode, where they're talking about the essays and they're reading them in class and Dan calls her – 10 sentences it's just 10 sentences but he calls her sentences boring and robotic and then like afterwards he's like so how are your table manners would I be embarrassed by you it's like that's not how you ask someone on a date yeah like trying to think of something else that would like be similar to that and if somebody said that to me I'd be like I'm what I'm sorry what no, I feel like he should have been like, so I want to get to know the real you and like really bring out this creative side of you. Let's talk about it over coffee or maybe dinner. Right. There That's you it. Go. That's all you had to say. But yeah. he doesn't. No. Boys are weird. And like I do feel like it's not necessarily like being super negative and like demeaning to her the whole episode, but later when she's working on her 10 sentences and he's like, you should be out at the party. And then just like leans over her and is like, save, close, leave. Like it was right. She needed to be pushed to go out and do something. But like, it's just weird to me that she keeps being attracted to these men that are just like, you're doing this wrong. Well, and yeah, like to your point, it's, it's both equally, I think what you said, where it's like, she likes people who talk down to her and then she likes the authority. So it's like, she was probably convinced because he physically made it happen to where she couldn't say no. And she's like, oh, my God, he's so strong. Or I don't know what she's thinking. And I – that is – that's not – that's that doesn't get my engine going. Sorry. That's the thing. Like, I just don't like how these people talk to Andrea. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, it. like – because we don't know a lot about her parents. So I am kind of curious what her dad's situation is like. Because this screams daddy issues. And I just well, said daddy. <laughs> I mean, I think it's interesting because we really haven't seen her relationships before. Like, mm -hmm. they've always been side characters that, like, exist to make Brandon jealous. So, like, I feel like Dan is probably going to be one that we actually do get to see on screen. It's not just going to be like, oh, yeah, Dan's picking me up for dinner. And then Dan steps in, says hi, and then steps back out and you never see him again. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much all of her boyfriends or dates have been um, 
and this is perfect because that's the point of the joke. The guy that Rory was supposed to be with in the revival. And they're always like, what's his name? And now I truly can't think of his name. And they're like, oh, my <laughs> God, I forgot about <laughs> Paul. Is it Paul? I think it's Paul. And okay. I, le- I legitimately forgot about I watched the revival once and I was like, I'm done now. <laughs> I never need that again. I'll probably watch it again at some point. I just need to. Need to give it another go. Anywho, yeah, I feel like their her relationships are just kind of forgotten about until we get somebody who's actually like supposed to be on the show. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm gonna be really interested to see like what happens with her relationships because I know they introduce more characters. So like, why not give her a you know romantic partner that we actually see? Mm-hmm. She deserves it. She needs that. She really does. Speaking of relationships, the next scene is technically Kelly and Dylan, but first it's Kelly and John Sears. Mm-hmm. Because this is when they meet, like, in the student union hallway or something, right? Yeah. And she's reading, and then John Sears is talking to her, and then she's like, oh, I'm meeting Dylan. Oh, there he is. And John says, I don't care. <laughs> I <laughs> he, just, he, he's not not smooth. Like, he's got good lines. I think you've just already decided you don't like him, which is absolutely valid and fine. But I was, like, thinking about it, and I was like, he kind of always knows what to say. Like, whatever she says about, like, what she's doing, like, oh, I'm just waiting for Dylan. He's like, well, I would never make you wait. <laughs> and it's like, Well, and he does, like, the, you know, maintaining eye contact and, like, you know, close physical, you know, mm-hmm. space. And, like, I think it's creepy because he just admitted to following her home so that he could figure out her address. But, like, I get if you're, you know, trying to engage with someone and, like, getting that close to them and maintaining the eye contact and having the flirty little face and, yeah, being like, let's go get some coffee or, you know, whatever he says. Yeah, because he's, like, making his intentions abundantly clear. So, I mean, I guess if nothing else, you can say, like, he's a guy that knows what he wants and then ultimately does so. Like, I mean, I, I mean, he does get, like... Not officially, but, like, he gets what he wants by the end of the episode, so. Well, and that's, I think the thing is, you know, as much as I keep saying I hate it, like, he says he doesn't give up, and she doesn't actually push him away. Like, every time mm-hmm. she keeps saying, like, I'm waiting for my boyfriend, it does sound like an open invitation and, like, kind of flirty and, like, you know, she even says later, like, please leave, but then, like, stays in that, like, three-inch space and then. We'll get there. That's, yeah, that's later <laughs> because. Like, they're, they are doing a pretty decent job of, like, breaking Kelly and Dylan apart. Like, she wants to go to this pool party. He wants to go listen to a reading from an author that, you know, he's reading this book about. And I'm pretty sure it's a made-up book. I Googled Emile Brewster, and I don't think this is a real book. And I was very interested in that choice. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. they, they've done really well with, like, references, so... Yeah, so I was just like, that's really interesting. And then, like, she calls him selfish for doing the things he wants to do and not doing the things that he doesn't want to do. And, like, it kind of sounds like she didn't actually know about this book that he was reading. They're they're doing a pretty decent job of being like, these two are clearly not going to have the same college experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have been doing it for a few episodes now where they just continue to highlight their differences. And it's always been about the physical attraction never about the emotional or intellectual connection 
that they have some things in common with their upbringing, you know, because they've always been in Beverly Hills. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they're just two pretty people who got together and they just don't. I mean, even like you said, like with the time that they're not spending with each other, the times that they do, it's always like tense and where they're not on the same page or because like I think based on the timeline, like because Dylan clearly comes to the pool party, it made it seem like after the lecture, he had time to go to the pool party, but that he just didn't want to. And so that's probably why she called him selfish. Although it seems like she was, it, like you said, she was kind of attacking him for doing what he wants to do. Um, it like, just kind of sucks all around. And I think that's the thing is like, I'm looking at this as an adult who is like, it's not like she didn't see this. When he was with Brenda, he did not go to parties with her. True. And, like, like if you've known him for, your, like, your entire life, you would know that about somebody. Yeah. Like, you should have always known that he is this, like, intellectual. And, I mean, the reason y'all spent so much time together that one summer is because there was nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all your friends were in Europe or working or Steve. <laughs> and who knows how Dylan feels about Steve. True. Depends it's hot on the and cold. Week. Yeah, it's hot and cold. Um, yeah, so there's that. And then we get a Steve and Brandon scene basically where Steve tells Brandon he didn't break up with Celeste and then flirts with um Leslie, which I remembered her name this time. Um but then we get an, a great a great moment for Donna because again she gets an opportunity to shine because essentially Donna goes to see Howard, the producer. But he's on the phone with somebody, and apparently that person is the afternoon shift person, and they didn't show up. And, and guess what? The afternoon shift starts right now. So Donna's, like, really shanghaied into doing the afternoon shift. But, of course, she kills it because all she got to do is talk, and Donna is great at talking. Oh, my gosh. She's so amazing. I love when she gets on the mic, and she's like, um, just a freshman. I just got put in front of this mic, and then they turned it on, and I don't really know what to do. I don't really know what to do about a lot of things. How do you guys write essays? And it just happens. And it's like the most relatable and she would probably get a lot of callers out of that. So honestly, like I, I know, you know, Howard has other things and there's stuff we don't hear, but like Donna really needs like the 6am to 10am shift. Like she oh, needs yeah. the like commute, getting ready and for classes, like. She'll, like, pep you up, get you ready for your day. Like, morning Joe with with Donna. Like, you know, some kind of morning drive situation. She would do great with that. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> yeah. I just. <laughs> I love that, like, after she gets done with it, Howard is just like, this is yours. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't wait to tell David. And he's like, wait, no. I said yours, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, no, 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 I still need somebody on 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Like, he can't just come with you. Exactly. And she just has, like, no idea what to do. She's like, oh, okay. Which this just shows you, and I think the viewer, in and of itself, that Donna is not selfish. Because she's clearly not knowing how to approach David about this because she knows he's going to be upset. If the shoe were on the other foot. And this had been David getting the afternoon shift, killing it, and being offered the job without Donna. I really don't think he would bat an eyelash. Like, he would go tell her, 
and be really excited about it. And then she'd be like, well, David, I thought we were a team. And then he's like, well, come on, you got to understand this. This is the opportunity we've been waiting for. You know, I'll just go on it for like a little while. I'll make a name for myself and then I'll have the ability to talk to them and get you on. Right. Like I'll be able to just work my way in. But I got to pay my dues first. Like what? Like you like I can hear him say that. Oh, and then if she tried to quit the two to six and not have to do it by herself, he'd get so mad at her. Yeah. Be like, you can't just leave Howard like that. I'm going to get put back on that shift because you quit. Exactly. And, like, we do see him throw a little hissy fit later. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, basically, before the pool party, I think the only other thing that really happens is Brenda has a job interview, finds out it's to be executive babysitter and not executive admin. And then goes back to Jim and he's like, I'm so proud of you for like not taking up my offer for nepotism and that you want to go do this on your own. And she's like, actually, (laughs) can I have the job? And then, yeah, he gives her a piece of paper and she's like, he's like, you have to deliver this by nine. And for some reason, she doesn't go do that right away and then go to the party. Yeah. Like I would have done that like right away. But she's like, oh, well, I have a party to go to first. And he's like, just get there by nine. Which like, yeah, who knows what time it is. Where he's like, that's fine. It just has to be there by nine. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. That's kind of what I was guessing too. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, like you get to the pool party and Celeste shows up and Brandon is grilling, which was adorable. And like, which, I, why was he doing that? <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I I don't know. And like the grill looked a little weird. It kind of looked like they took like a closet shelf and just like put it out there just like for props purposes but like she shows up she's all cute and this is where steve is just like all over some girl and like literally his like face is up in her tummy and like boobs and all this stuff and then celeste like hits him with the ball and he's like oh god you're here yeah like he like he's like what 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 and then swims over and isn't even excited to see this gorgeous cute funny girlfriend of his amazing (laughs) yeah personable it just independent woman who don't need no steve she does not and i'm pretty sure i don't remember where it was i know i did oh here it is yeah it was a little bit later oh wait that wasn't it dang i know i wrote it down at some point but i'm pretty sure i wrote down well, okay, if so, if Steve doesn't want to date Celeste, I will. Because <laughs> I okay. would. Look at her. She's the total package. Right? Like, okay, seriously. I would. I totally would. I would. And then, like, elsewhere at the party, because so much happens at this party. Like, Donna is talking to her sorority sisters. David shows up at the pool party. And then her sisters, like, totally out her of, like, oh my gosh, I totally recognize your voice. You were so funny earlier on the radio. And I kind of just love that, like, that's how David found out versus listening to the radio himself at that time. Mm -hmm. And he gets furious at her for not somehow calling him to be like, oh my God, they just threw me on the shift. You need to get here now. It's so annoying. And I have not thought this yet. I've thought they've had problems and I've thought that David's been a butt but I've never written it down until now. And I said, Donna and David need to break up. They really do. He's not nice to her. 
I just think they're on two different wavelengths. It's kind of like Dylan and Kelly, but a little bit different because it's not that their interest on the line. It's just that she wants to be a go-getter. She wants to do well in school. She wants to, like, you know, be a productive member of society. And David doesn't. All he cares about is the radio show. And that's it. No, and that's exactly what's happening is, you know, David has this one-track mind about the radio show right now and the idea that, like, Donna is thinking of quitting. She's not telling him that he needs to quit. She just wants to quit because she is clearly being run ragged. He's just Mm -hmm. like, how could you do that to me? Or, like, when she tells him to clean anything up, he's like, stop nagging me. It doesn't make any sense. And it's making it's honestly making David look less and less attractive. Not that he really was all that attractive. I mean, he's a cute boy, but like not not attractive. No, I'm really not feeling David right now. I'm a Mm-mm. we have plenty of time in this season for him to have a redemption arc and I hope it oh, comes. Yeah. But like yeah. right now we are at a very low point with David. Mhm. And god, it just gets worse. It gets so much worse. Because the next scene, Kelly is putting mustard on a hot dog. All I wrote down was that John Sears says, you really know how to work a hot dog. And I'm I bet she does. (laughs) And then, like, Dylan shows up probably because Kelly really wanted him to, right? And, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he – maybe he went to the – what is his name? Emile Brewster thing and then came over. But, like, he shows up and he sees this happening and then just goes and, like, pushes in front of her. And when John, like, holds out his hand, he doesn't shake his hand. And then John's like, oh, are you going to pledge this year? And Dylan goes, yeah, crack house. Good one, Dylan. (laughs) And then it's just, like, really weirdly territorial between the two guys for the rest of the time. Because, like, when the dance-off starts, you know – Brandon is standing there and then Dylan and Kelly and Kelly's like holding his hand and trying to dance and it was the weirdest thing ever that like she's just got his hand with her. <laughs> and then, uh, I just watched the episode of New Girl where they're trying to get like dates at their last wedding of the season and they tell Jess like because there's one eligible guy and there's another girl trying to get him and they tell Jess they're like you have to Biden him just always be there. How so, appropriate. Yes. I know. I was like, oh, God, he's he's bidening her. Oh, no. God, I hope this joke doesn't fall really flat this week. Yeah. But it's okay. Um, what's weird, though, is that, like, Donna somehow convinces Brenda to go, like, talk to him, I guess, about stuff. And somehow that ends up her asking him to dance. She says something really funny, though. Um, and there's several quotes that I haven't said, which I haven't done a really good job of throwing off my quote of week, but there's been several quotes. I missed one earlier to say, but I did like this one. I'm not saying if it is the quote of the week or not, but it is like, she's just like, Hey, what's your major? I'm studying pre-law, pre-med and pre-menstrual. Sometimes I'm not really sure which one. And I'm like, that's hilarious. (laughs) I just... I love that she goes over and she's like, oh, yeah, I can totally bring up his mood. And, yeah, she starts throwing out these lines. And then he goes, have you ever been stabbed in the back by somebody you trusted? He's so dark. (laughs) He's so dark. And, like, of all the people to say this to. Yeah, right? Your sister did it. David, read the room. (laughs) 
But yeah, somehow she convinces him to dance. And like, I tend to remember David was a good dancer. Not right now. No, he's so bad in this. I'm like, B.A.G., what you doing, bro? Like, did you forget that you used to be good at dancing? I don't know. Yeah, they do some like weird, dirty dancing-esque thing. And then somehow they win. Yeah, they like grind all up on each other and then win. But also something that was really funny that happened is it was a very quick little thing where somebody, I think it was Leslie, Leslie like walks up to Brandon's and is like, hey, Brandon, want to dance? And immediately Andrea is like, boy, do you, did you pick the wrong guy? I'm like, yes. I loved, I loved so much. And then I love when he was like, oh, Andrea, you're here to stand next to me. And she's like, no, we're in college now. I'm not doing that. And then she goes and dances with some guy in very loud overalls. I know. I loved it. So good. But yeah, the the, the entirety of the dance contest was just weird. But yeah, like you said, somehow David and Brenda win. And I didn't fully understand the the prize. It was either straight A's for two semesters or something or a $25 gift certificate to Poncho's something or maybe I got that wrong. But and then he was like, your choice. Yeah, this is a trick. Right. (laughs) I was like, this is clearly a joke and it's not landing. No, didn't land at all. I'm like, I mean, you'd pick the grades, but like, that's not within your power, sir. I know. So. You're going to be like, uh, we didn't actually expect you to pick the grades. Yeah. Like, anyway. Yeah. So, and then of course, because now it's nighttime, Brenda forgot about her courier job, executive assistant job thing that she has to do. Because of course, the, like that was clear from the beginning. And Steve, like, runs runs somewhere to, like, get Celeste at some point because she's still mad at him. And then we transition over to the Walsh house, which we get a wonderful scene because I do think that adding Steve to the ice cream stuff is perfect. Like, just, yes, solve your problems at the Walsh house. Get a scoop. Make it a double sometimes. Love I it. Just, no, I loved boy ice cream. Mm-hmm. That's what I referred to it was boy ice cream and I also like I loved all of it like I loved him sitting there and being so depressed and eating ice cream and being like I'm falling in love with her and Brandon is the one giving him advice and I was like should you really maybe it should be Jim but also he's wonderful in this scene because Celeste or Steve is all like serious and he's like I think I'm falling in love with her and Brandon's like then why do you act the way you do (laughs) Okay, yeah, speaking of that, did you get the Mr. Green Jeans reference? No, I didn't. Okay, because I looked it up, and it's a Captain Kangaroo reference, but I was like, I don't understand how, like, I don't know. I didn't watch, like, clips of Captain Kangaroo, so I was like, it's going to be really weird if this is, like, a wholesome kid show, and Mm. Steve is like, Mr. Green Jeans, my penis. (laughs) I did not look it up, so I don't know, but it probably is that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I remember John Boy. Mm-hmm. Not getting caught again. I just love, like, then why do you act the way that you do? Because it's so Michael Scott to Toby when he's why like, you? <laughs> yeah, why are you the way that you are? <laughs> it makes me laugh. And then, like, Jim is giving a voice, and he's like, hey. You just got to admit that you're a horse's ass and, and apologize. And Brandon's like, 
admit that you're a horse's ass. <laughs> he was just cracking me up. His delivery was just everything in these scenes. Like he just had a good episode because he was he was the peanut gallery, basically. Yeah, and like it was I'm gonna be honest, it was like a little bit much and like the the next part right after that, because Brenda shows up and she's like, mm, Dad, you know who you're just talking about second chances? I done goofed and mm-hmm. I forgot to do that thing you told me to do. And he's like, Well, we are effed. <laughs> and then Brandon is just like standing behind Brenda, being like, uh, Dad, uh, uh, second chances. Uh, cough. Look over here. Cough. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh, Brandon, right, right. I forgot. You're right, as always. Good guy, Brandon. But I'm not mad at it because I would have hated if, I mean, Brenda was wrong and Brenda messed up, but like, I would have been kind of mad if Jim was just like, I hate you, Brenda. Did you see what you did to Brandon? You gave him a cough. (laughs) (laughs) Brenda, what are you wearing? It's (laughs) clearly upsetting your brother. Why can't you dress more like Brandon? (laughs) But like, yeah, I mean, like she, you know, I guess is going to get a second chance. and Her job is saved. And then like we get a couple of wrap ups that we kind of already talked about. Like Donna gets kicked off of the afternoon shift. But she's not going to go back to the night shift. She's decided she's not doing radio anymore. Steve goes to Celeste at work, which is really weird, and, like, begs for her to forgive him. And for some reason, she does. And also, I just have to say, I really, really hate when Steve calls her Cell. I'm a big nickname gal. Love nicknames. Wish Wish I could give them to everybody. Wish I had them for everybody I met. Love nicknames. Hate Cell. Cell, her name is Celeste. I, I don't know what nickname to put there, but it's not Cell. I don't like it. It could just be Babe. Like, I feel like Babe, like, it, there's got to be a nickname in there because he's got to remind her, like, you still like me, mm-hmm. Babe. See? See? We call each other Babe. I mean, he even calls her Baby, like, when he goes in to hug her, when she's, like, a, uh, accepted his apology. So That's I'm like... Continue that, Steve. Stop calling her Cell. Does she even like being called Cell? We don't even know. God, I would love if she was like, fine, but don't call me Cell. <laughs> and then, yeah, we have English class where Andrea and Donna's essays, blah, blah, blah. She's Dan asks Andrea out, I think. Mm-hmm. But then that last scene when John Sears shows up. I don't like it. All up in Kelly's business. Like he's sitting on the chair with her and like leaning in and like, ugh, I hate it. But like he goes in for the kiss and like does a nice little like short one, but like a very meaningful kiss and then pulls back. And then when she says like, please go away or whatever she says to him. And then he stays there and like, it just takes one second of him being like, no, I'm not going anywhere for her to just latch on to him. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I just, ugh. I but wrote. I also, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. I just wrote in all caps, John Sears, go away. That's not what Kelly <laughs> says. I mean, yeah. She says, please leave me alone. That means kiss her. Yeah. I, please. That's not compute. Like, I don't. But the, also, the other thing I hated also was <laughs> when they kissed, it was very, like, zoomed in, like, porno style. Like, we're going to get right up in this thing and just show from, like, 
here. I'm I'm referencing just my eyebrows to like the middle of my chin on both of them. Like I was like, I don't like this. No, I mean it was supposed to be like an intimate moment. And like it was pretty much supposed to be like Kelly and David or Kelly and Dylan don't have these intimate moments right now. So like look at this attention that John is giving her that's not him saying crack. <laughs> Say crack again. Crack. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, and I mean, that's that's it. That is it. So what'd you grade it? I gave it a B minus. Um I didn't think it was a bad episode, didn't think it was a great episode. Thought Brandon was hilarious. Um I like that we're in school now, even though we're not really in school. Like like we don't real like we saw some class, but we don't see a ton of it. Um, I don't know. I felt like a B minus was like, meh, because that's kind of how I felt about the episode was meh. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I think B minus is good. Like the things I didn't like about the episode were very much, I think on purpose. Like, I think you're not supposed to like what's happening with Kelly and Dylan. And I think you're not supposed to like what's happening with Donna and David. So like, I think that's all on purpose. So yeah, I think B minus works. Cool. And I'm going to be really honest. I did not write a single quote down in this episode. (laughs) So if it's not uh, whatever, pre-med, pre-whatever, pre-menstrual, I have no idea. Okay. Mary, what you got? I don't have a guess for this one. Oh, but there were so many good ones, guys. This was the episode. And the thing is, like, I did, like, appreciate what was happening, but I kept writing down, like, approximations of quotes or, like, it was a lot of reactions versus writing the quotes down. So I have ideas. Like, once you say it, I think I'm going to know if you gave me, like, a multiple choice. But I'll give you you a multiple choice because that's just how many quotes I write down. Okay. (laughs) The first one, okay, this is the one I skipped over and didn't mention because it was kind of a throwaway scene anyway, but Brenda was looking at the job board in the little student union area. Steve and Brandon walk up and um, (laughs) Brandon's like, hey, look, and then Steve and Brandon say at the same time, part-time fortune teller at Madam's Arenas. (laughs) And to me, it was just the delivery, not so much the actual quote. I just thought it was funny. So that's A. A is Madame Zarina's, or whatever you say. B is, hey, what's your major? I'm studying pre-law, pre-med, and pre-menstrual. Sometimes I'm not really sure which one. Brenda Walsh. (laughs) C. Hey, Brandon, want to dance? Boy, did you pick the wrong guy. Andrea Zuckerman. Um, (laughs) D, I think I'm falling in love with her. Then why do you act the way you do? (laughs) Brandon Walsh. All right. A, B, C, or D? I'm going to say D. C is my favorite. C is your favorite? Yep. It's B. Damn it. I loved the Aww. Brenda Walsh. Like, to me, okay, just one thing, a little secret on how I judge quotes of the week. Not always about what they say, it's how they say it. And sometimes it is, it's about p- 
pulling in something that's so them that you can like distinguish it from like you would you would know if I just said these in a very like monotone voice you would know who says it that's some tips on Caitlin's quote of the week all right I'm gonna remember that next week hopefully maybe we'll see probably not (laughs) I'm not good at homework hey man I'm not either I just find things that are funny and make me laugh (laughs) (laughs) you know what sometimes that's all you need I know well speaking of next week do you think it's going to make us laugh? What do we got? No way to know for sure. <laughs> but it's season four, episode six, Strangers in the Night. Yeah, that means nothing oh. to me. Yeah, I don't like the word stranger, so. <laughs> I Yeah, I don't like Strangers in the Night. That sounds like strangers in the night coming after you like John Sears. Right, right, right. For sure. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Until then. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast. And you can send us some emails. Um, You can let us know how we're doing, if it's good, if it's bad, if you like it, if you hate it, if you've got some cool tidbits for us. Anything you want to say, really. If you don't feel like putting it on social media, just shoot us an email over at Back2Podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, share, all that fun stuff in your podcast app. Uh, If you leave us a review, we'll shout you out. We appreciate five-star ratings, but I mean, be honest, but we like five stars. We like those five stars. And the more of those we get, the more the episodes will do. And I mean, I know we're going to go to the end, but... Will we? Should we start threatening? (laughs) We will not go to the end. We'll leave you on a cliffhanger. If you don't leave us reviews, we're not even going to do season five. I don't know. Much less season 10. <laughs> yeah, we'll start threatening. Yeah, no. I think that'll fall flat <laughs> because we really want <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I know. We're going to be like, we're not going to do it. And then we're just going to be like, we're kidding, we're kidding, we're kidding. Sorry. Hey, welcome back to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And in the meantime, I hope you guys are staying safe. And we appreciate all your listening. Yeah. So from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Brandon. (laughs) I'm Mary. (laughs) Bye. Bye. See ya.